and welcome back to the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times with me, Peter Morden. I am Senior Pastor Team Leader at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Leeds. We're looking today at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 31. Before we read those verses together, let's pray. Lord, today as we look at the extraordinary privilege of being part of the body of Christ, we ask that you would teach us and inspire us in such a way that we would be ready to plunge into the life of your church with all its pitfalls and struggles and angularity, with all the things that annoy us. Lord, we pray that today you would renew our commitment, that you would renew our hearts and our minds to engage in the life of your church and to love one another and to serve one another within it. Help us, speak to us. O Lord, we pray, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you are struggling with church, I hope you weren't put off by that passionate prayer that we engage in church life. I encourage you to stick with it as we read through these verses from God's word and as we think about the body of Christ under the heading Body Positive. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning at verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are are less honourable we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for one another. 
If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Paul describes the church using this famous image, this famous metaphor of the body, and does so with great power and also with a real degree of humour. Just before we plunge into the heart of the reflection, I just want to go back to the very final verse, do all speak in tongues? And it's in the context of whether everyone is a teacher, everyone is a prophet, everyone working miracles. Paul asks these questions, and clearly he is anticipating the answer, no. That is the whole point of this passage. And I just want to say to those of you who perhaps have gone through charismatic renewal, have gone through splits in churches, some of you won't know what I'm talking about here, in which case don't worry, Uh, but if you do, then you will know full well. And sometimes in church life, People have tried to say everybody should speak in tongues. It is the sign of the Holy Spirit coming upon someone. And there is no doubt there are no two ways about this. I want to say as someone who does speak in tongues that that is absolutely nonsense. So I would describe myself as a a charismatic Christian, a charismatic evangelical if you want a label. And so I believe wholeheartedly in this stuff. But it is not true. It is just not true. It is just not biblical that everybody has to speak in tongues. If you've been upset about this before, if you feel that somehow you are a second-class Christian because you don't, you don't need to feel in that way. Indeed, the whole point of this passage is that God gives different gifts to different parts of the body. There's a little story, a little anecdote, when someone who was a manager in a firm who was really struggling was just asked, you know, how many people work in your department? And they gave the doleful reply, about half of them. I'm sure that wasn't really true, but sometimes those in management can think that. In the body of Christ, everybody is called to work. Everybody has a part to play. Sometimes in the church, people can say, well, how many people are involved here? How many people are engaged? About half of them, or maybe less. But Paul develops the metaphor of the human body to illustrate how Christ's body, the church, works. And he says we all have a part to play. We all 
need each other. And so I just want to pause and encourage you to engage in the life of your church according to your gifts and as opportunity allows. Yes, absolutely. We are all called to 360-degree discipleship. It's our daily work. It's our families. It's the wider world. It's our leisure activities. It's absolutely everything coming under the lordship of Christ. But we are to engage with the gathered church and we are to use our gifts there. What part do you have to play? What part do you have to play in encouraging others? That's maybe one thing that we can ask. And we see that there is that word again, others. Look at verses 25 to 26. How can you foster this in the life of your church? How can you look out for others? How can you look out for those with little obvious gifting? Can you encourage them? Can you treat them well? We do tend to be worldly in the way that we think. We court the people who have the very obvious gifts and we're not so interested in the weaker. Paul wants to turn this upside down and wants us to have a special concern, a special love to include those who seem to be weaker whose gifts don't seem to be so obvious or so important to the life of the church. Everybody is valuable to God. Everybody has at least one gift that they can use in God's service. And we are to mirror the love that our God has for the weaker ones in the way that we conduct our lives as churches. I would go so far as to say that the health of a local expression of the body of Christ is often revealed by how well we treat the weaker people. And when we do this well, we also find out that they're really the most important people to have around because insights and wisdom and straightforward love can abound. Let's be positive about the body of Christ. Let's make a difference. Let's prioritise those who don't seem to have the most spectacular gifts because that's God's heart. That's the heart of our Lord Jesus. And that's how the Holy Spirit leads us. One God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who exists in relationship. We are to exist in relationship too and be positive about the body of Christ. Let's pray. Lord, thank you once again that you give different gifts to different people within your church. It would be very boring if we were all the same. It would make church monochrome and dull and flat. As it is, it is lively and multicolored. The church is life in technicolor and sometimes that can be frustrating and yet it's wonderful. Different people, different races, different backgrounds, different temperaments, different gender, male and female, different ages. Lord, you have brought us all together 
And we pray that you would help us to use our diverse gifts in the service of all, that everything would come under the Lordship of Christ. And especially today, we pray that you would help us to prioritise those who are weaker. We read again verses 25 and 26. No division in the body, all its parts having equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Lord, we want to rejoice with those who rejoice, but also today we mourn with those who mourn. And in a moment of quietness and reflection, we just pause and we lift those who are suffering especially to you in prayer, those that are known to us. Lord, we pray for all such. We ask that you would be with them. We ask that you would lead them and guide them. And we pray that you would help us, that you would help us, O Lord, to love other people with the love that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.